بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على اله وصحبه اجمعين اللهم انا نسالك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم ربنا زدنا علما Here we are brothers continuing to discuss the case of tawhid monotheism the mission that every messenger that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent is ordered to proclaim and call people for is to worship only one ilah the only one who deserves to be worshipped and whoever worshipped other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is not really deserving to be worshipped and he is also a false god whether he accepts that or not whether he likes it or not, whether he will call people for it or not, still he is not supposed to be worshipped by any means. That's why you will see that some of those who are worshipped, they do not accept it. They do not like it. In fact, them themselves, they themselves are really running to worship Allah. Please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah mentioned in the first ayah in this chapter, chapter number 6, that those people who are worshipped by people, those ones who are worshipped by people, are really actually trying to satisfy and please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by worshipping Him only. And the best example of that is Isa alayhi salam. Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam. <coughs> is worshipped by millions of people but in the same time he does not like that and he hates it as Allah told us subhanahu wa ta'ala in his holy book وَإِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيْسَ بْنَ مَرْيَمَ أَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ اتَّخِذُونِي وَأُمِّيَ إِلَهَيْنِ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ قَالَ سُبْحَانَكَ مَا يَكُونُ لِيَ نَقُونَ مَا لَيْسَ لِي بِحَقِّ إِنْ كُنْتُ قُلْتُهُ فَقَدْ عَلِمْتَهُ Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam As Allah mentioned in these ayahs Is telling clearly that he did not ask the Christians to worship him He does not accept that So their worshipping is incorrect And at the same time Isa ibn Maryam is refusing that worshipping While the others Some others are really calling people to worship them Like some of these magicians Or predictors or extremist Sufis leaders and so on they accept people to worship them by kissing hands asking barakah blessing and so on in fact they call them instead of Allah and they ask people to come to them and to come to their graves to ask them instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that means they are really false, false gods plus they are called taghut whoever wants people to worship him by any means of worshipping is a taghut as Allah mentioned in the so many places or verses in the Holy Quran, especially Ayat al-Kursi, the best ayah among us the whole Quran as Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he asked Al-Hubab ibn Mundir, radiallahu anhu, no, he asked Ubay ibn Ka'b, radiallahu anhu, and he said, do you know which, which one is the best ayah in Holy Quran, the whole Quran? So he said, Allah الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم. Allah لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم. آية الكرسي. So Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم touched his his chest and he said, ليهنك العلم يا أبا المنذر. يعني this is it's good for you. You have the correct knowledge that this is the best ayah in the whole whole holy Quran. آية الكرسي. But if you check this ayah. You'll find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us about himself. Allah la ilaha illa hu al-hayyu al-qayyum. La ta'akhudhu sinatu wa la nawm. Lahu ma fi al-samawati wa ma fi al-ard. Man dha al-lazhi yashfa'u indahu illa bi-idhnih. Ya'lamu ma bayna aydihim wa ma khalfahum. Wa la yuhiituna bi shay'in min ilmihi illa bima sha'a. Wasi'a kursiyuhu al-samawati wa al-ard. Wa la ya'uduhu hifzuhuma. Wa huwa al-aliyu al-azim. The greatest ayah in the Holy Quran. The whole Quran. Then the next ayah, which is talking about the same case, which is the case that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts 
no one to worship anybody else and whoever wants him to be worshipped, then he is becoming Taghut. Allah will you ladhi na'amanu the next ayah after that. However, continuing this chapter we have started last week, chapter number six, we mentioned the first three or four ayahs. Then we started talking about the, the fourth ayah, which was the ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us about the people who are having or association, associating someone with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as beloved people. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ And we talked about love. And we said love actually is not one type. That's why so many times when you read the Qur'an, the noble Qur'an, you read the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you do not get the correct meaning of love, you will be amazed. Because sometimes he is allowing us to love only Allah. Sometimes he is asking us to love the people who love Allah. Sometimes he is asking us not to love the people who do not love Allah or hate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the ones who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates. And sometimes he is allowing us to love the kafirin. So unless you know the, three, the four types of love, Otherwise you will be in trouble. You cannot really understand these ayahs. And as we said before, what we are saying now is this is what the scholars of Islam have really understood from Quran. So we said, love actually should be mentioning four types. First one is to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the best of it. Best of them is to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is the only one deserves to be loved, complete love. The second one is to love for the sake of Allah. To love someone for the sake of Allah. And that's for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his brothers of Nabiyyin and Mursaleed and the Sahaba and Tabi'een and the good people until the end of this dunya. The third type is to love with Allah. And this is what the ayah is talking about. That's the polytheism. Na'udhu billah. And you know the, the, the dangerousness of the polytheism as we mentioned so many times. And the fourth type is the natural law. And natural law is, we are not really going to be punished or rewarded for this natural law. Loving the food, women, children, gold, money is a natural law. As Allah mentioned in Surah Ali Imran, Zuyin al nasi hubbu shahawati min al nisai wal banina wal qanatir al muqantarati min al dhahabi wal fiddati wal khayr al musawwamati wal an'ami wal harf. Zalika mata'al hayat al jannah. So many times, you can love them naturally, and the natural love you cannot control. As Muhammad sallallahu mentioned in the hadith when he talked about his love to Aisha radiallahu anha, that he said, Ya Allah, the meaning of the hadith, Ya Allah, do not blame me for the love that I cannot control. I'm, she, I'm, I'm just, yeah, my heart, can, I cannot control in case of love, natural love. He used to love Aisha more than the other ladies, other wives, Muhammad al-Mu'minin, and that's not up to him. So, that's why you understand now, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed us to marry the kafirin ladies, Christian and Jew only, of course, Ahlul Kitab, clean ones. Why are we allowed to love them, while, to marry them, while we know clearly that if, one, if someone is marrying a lady, he probably will love her. That's natural, of course. So how come we are allowed to love a Kafirin lady? Well, she's a Kafir. She's a Christian or Jew. Because that love we're talking about is the natural love we are not going to be punished or rewarded for. But for the love, the other kind of love, no. Also the, the natural love, there is a condition in it. It's not open. The condition is if we are loving something or someone, natural love, this love should not be extended to the extent that it will affect or to be stopped, stopping the worshipping of Allah Taala. And as, as an example, each one of us loves to sleep and relax in his bed, especially in the, in the cold night right now. He doesn't want to leave the bed for Al-Fajr prayer, right? So in this case now, there is a love in here is to hide in the bed with the blankets. 
and maybe pretty wife, whatever. And the other love was that we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we love Salatul Fajr for the sake of Allah. Now which one is going to be stronger? If the natural love will be stronger than the love for Allah's sake, then this is a problem. Here is a problem. If a man loves a lady, and she is telling him not to do what Allah told him to do, and he accepts that, and he makes, prefer her love to the love of Allah's sake, then he is in trouble. And that's very dangerous in the case of polytheism. Those kafirin that Allah is mentioning in this ayah, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَتَّخِذُ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَادًا يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ The same love of Allah. Now this is the case now. This is a polytheism. Then, after that, we talk about the hadith, which is narrated by Muslim, radiyallahu anhu, that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi said, in the meaning, whoever say, la ilaha illallah, and deny the others who worshipped beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will enter Jannah. Actually, this hadith is one. There's a lot of lots other hadiths talking about La ilaha Allah and Jannah. Yani, uh, connecting or attaching the case of saying La ilaha Allah with going to Jannah. And some Muslims, unfortunately, misunderstood some of these hadith. Why? Thinking that the other hadith, which is clear, yani maybe yani clearer than this hadith, which is also in Bukhari Muslim, the hadith is called the Hadith al-Bitaqah. A person who says, La ilaha illallah, this La ilaha illallah on Judgment Day, will, he has 99 records of bad deeds, and La ilaha illallah will be stronger than them all, and he will go to Jannah. Some Muslims, unfortunately, misunderstood this and think that, okay, since La ilaha illallah is going to erase all of these sins, I will live as, like, as I, like, I like, I'll do all of these kind of sins I want, only I say La ilaha illallah, go to Jannah. <laughs> That's really wrong understanding of hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Remember we said before that we should deal with Quran and Sunnah like the people who, the, the students who are dealing with the case of research. In university when the, the doctor wants the, his students to make research, what they do about a topic, they go and they grab and gather all the knowledge or information about the case they are talking about. All. They make them clear, then they, they give their idea about that. About these facts they have gathered already. Here is the same thing we are talking about in the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are supposed to gather all the facts, talking about the same case, all the hadith, all the Quran ayah or verses, study them, then take out our opinions or ideas or understanding of these ayahs. Not to take one hadith or one ayah and jump to conclusion. There is a hadith says, whoever says La ilaha Allah will go to Jannah. So all I have to do in my life is just to say La ilaha Allah. And whatever I do after that is no problem. Is that acceptable? No. Why? Because there are other hadith, which is this hadith as an example. This is another hadith which is narrated by Muslim, which is of course correct. He's saying, whoever says La ilaha illallah, only no. He adds another condition here. Deny the worshipping of any other. Ah. This is one condition. There's other hadith say, saying, and who says, La ilaha Allah from his own heart. Sincere, yani. Ah, there's another condition. So there, there are so many conditions to be in there. There's not one condition or no condition. No, there are conditions to say, La ilaha Allah. These conditions cannot, yani, La ilaha Allah will not be beneficial for the one who says it unless they are available. There are eight conditions, but we will summarize them into three to make it easy for people to remember that. To know the meaning of La ilaha illallah, first condition. To practice it or act upon it. Number two. Number three is to be free and safe from the contradictions of La ilaha illallah. Very simple, very easy. To know the meaning. To act upon. To be safe or free from the contradictions of it. That means we have to know the contradictions of what are they. And we said that there are a lot of, lots of them. Some scholars, they made them in tin, as a general. Uh, as I said before, that uh, in Hanafi's books, they say they are more than 400. 
So it's better for a Muslim to know to avoid falling into them and to call his Muslim brothers to be avoiding this. So when he is having these three conditions, then la ilaha will be beneficial for him. Otherwise, it will not be beneficial for him at all. Because just saying la ilaha illallah, Iblis says la ilaha illallah. Hypocrites, they say la ilaha illallah. Allah mentioned this in Surah Al-Munafiqeen, as you know. إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ قَالُوا نَشْهَدُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ إِنَّكَ لَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ يَشْهَدُ إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ لَكَاذِبُونَ They say, they used to say, not only to say لا إله إلا الله also, but also, not only to say لا إله إلا الله, the hypocrites in the time of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم, who are already judged with the, the bottom underneath of Jahannam. They're not only saying لا إله إلا الله, but also they are act upon it, and they make jihad with Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم, and they make salah with Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم, and they fast Ramadan with Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but still they are going to Jahannam in the bottom, underneath bottom of the Jahannam. Why? They say la ilaha don't they? They do. They did. They used to say la ilaha every time. What's the problem? In? Ah, they are not sincere. So sincerity here is a condition. Otherwise, we'll count Iblis also a Muslim. And he will go to Jannah, because he also worshipped Allah a long time. But just because he made one contradiction of La ilaha illallah, Allah kicked him out, subhanahu wa ta'ala, from Jannah to, to earth, and he will go to Jahannam for sure. That's why we have to remember the case of the misleading groups in Islam are so many. That's why we can make the groups who are counted, or they say they are Muslims, to four kinds, four types, four sects, whatever you call it. The group who, who says that it's enough to say La ilaha illallah, just say it, whether they believe in it or not. And they take this hadith and some other hadith saying that, okay, you say La Allah, that's enough. Of course they are, as you know, Clearly, they can, they can be also hypocrites. The, the other group is saying that only to know La ilaha, to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is enough. As long as you know Allah, that's enough for a Muslim, for a person to go to Jannah. So for a wife, please, does he know Allah or he doesn't he? He knows Allah, but he's going to Jahannam for sure. What about Fir'aun? What about the hypocrites? They know La ilaha illallah, they know Allah wa ta'ala, but they are not going to Jannah for sure. Uh, they, the other group who is saying that just to know Allah and believe, without, without saying, knowing and believing, without saying or practicing or acting upon. Another problem. The fourth one, which is the correct one, those who make three cases. For la ilaha illallah is to believe in it, to say it, and to act upon it. To believe in it, to say it, to act upon it. Otherwise, la ilaha will not be beneficial for them. They are not going to count, be counted from, uh, as Muslims. What happens to some Muslims when they say, why you, uh, يعني, we do not put acting upon la ilaha illallah in the case of faith or Islam because this is not mentioned. And they say because Iman is one package, one case. It comes all or goes all. These are two different groups, starting in the beginning of Islam, Al-Khawarij, one group, the other group opposite, of course, five first totally, called the Murji'ah. Both groups are saying that Iman is one. You cannot part it. So whether you have all Iman or you have no Iman. So Al-Khawarij say, whoever makes one sin, he's a kafir. Whatever sin he makes, he's a kafir. Stop it. Give her. Then a person will be kafir and Muslim 20 times a day. The other, or the vice versa of this, Al-Khawarij, is Al-Murjia. Al-Murjia, they say, as long as you believe in Allah, you think Allah is there, and you know Allah, خلاص, you are, your iman is the same as Jibreel and Mikael and Abu Bakr and Umar. Subhanallah. Because they say Iman is there or not there. Say, what about Quran? What about Sunnah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said in His Holy Book, وَيَزْدَادَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِيمَانًا يَزْدَادَ means 
They are having extra and more and more Iman. So Iman is not one. Iman is coming up, up, up. Like, like stairs. More and more. And also Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the clear hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, which is called hadith al-shu'ab. Al-Iman bid'un wa sittuna shu'bah. Muslim said, bid'un wa sab'una shu'bah. A'laha qawlu la ilaha. Shu'bah means part. So Iman part. Iman is part, not one. A'laha qawlu la ilaha Allah to say. Adnaha, the least of it, imaat al-adha an al-tariq, to do something. Okay? Wal-hayaa shu'bah min al-Iman. Hayaa by heart. So we have three now. Heart, tongue, and bad. Creed, statements, and actions. That's Iman. That is Iman which is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abundant the, uh, the ayahs we have mentioned, abundant the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which is a lot of it. Just to remind myself and you, brothers, that every Muslim who's going to talk about one case of Islam must read all the topics, all the ayahs, I'm sorry, all the ayahs, all the hadith which is talking about this topic. He's going to talk about La ilaha illallah. He should go and find every ayah talked about La ilaha illallah and he write it down. He goes to find every hadith talked about La ilaha illallah and he writes it down. He studies them all. Then he takes out the understanding. The problem with the people of innovations, bid'a people, they have the idea in their minds. Then they go, they twist the ayahs to serve their idea. They go and they pick some eyes which is serving their ideas. Any eye does not serve their eyes or they contradict with their idea, they don't take it. Any hadith which is not serving their idea or contradicting with their idea, they move it away. They maybe just delete it. Subhanallah. Because he is a novelty person. He is a innovation person. When you come to people who make this dua, hay, hay, hu, hu, these things, when you ask them, from where you get this? Do you have hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? There is an ayah in Quran and Sunnah telling you that this is the dhikr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants and accepts? They don't have. So what is your evidence? My heart. My heart feels fantastic when I do this dhikr or kind of dhikr. Sayyidi Habibi, if your heart is giving you this idea, let's, give us, let's have another Quran from your heart. Because you are not accepting Quran of Allah, give us the Quran of your heart. Then. Whatever heart your heart or think is good, We'll do it, or if not, it's not. Yeah, yeah, Habibi. It's not upon us, it's not to, up to us to do, to make Islam the way that we want it. Islam is in Quran and Sunnah. It is completed. Al-yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum. So deen is complete. We cannot add. We cannot delete. So whenever a person wants to do something, of ibadah, of course, we have a strong rule in here. No ibadah to be done. No ibadah to be done unless there is evidence of Quran Sunnah. It's prohibited for every person to do any kind of ibadah. Whether a new ibadah or a way to change the way of the ibadah, the manner of the ibadah. Or to set a time for it. He's not allowed to do this unless there is an evidence of Quran Sunnah. Take an example, the case of constructing buildings on the, on the graves. If you ask those people who come to the graves and they construct a building on a special grave, saying this is a pious person, a wali, Khalandar Baba, we ask them, why you do this? They say, well, I want to respect these pious persons. In Islam, we are required to respect pious persons. The, the intention is good, but the way is wrong. Why we say wrong? Because Muhammad Hassan told us that. And he said clearly in the hadith of Bukhari, They made the graves of their messengers as place of worshipping. Say, what if someone comes, and this is really always done to people, say, say, why you say this? Why don't you go to Medina and see the grave of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the masjid? We tell him, sorry, you made a wrong evidence. You took a wrong evidence. How is that? Simply, ask yourself, study the history. Was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam buried on 
in his masjid? No. Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he died, he was buried in the room of Aisha radiallahu anha outside of the masjid. Outside of the masjid. He was buried in Aisha's room radiallahu anha outside of the masjid. Masjid after about 77 years was enlarged. Wrongly, they added the rooms of our mothers and they destroyed their other rooms and they left the room of Aisha because <coughs> the graves were there. The grave of Muhammad and Abu Bakr and Umar. So, what kind of evidence are they are using? It's false evidence. When Muhammad was, died, وسلم, he was buried in his room because there is a hadith of Muhammad وسلم, said, whoever, whatever Prophet dies, he should be buried in the same place he died. That's known by Abu Bakr, so he buried Muhammad in his room, or in Aisha's room, where he died. Why he was not buried with Sahaba in Baqi' al-Gharqad? Because there is a say of Aisha, he said Muhammad was afraid that if his grave is in the Baqi', people will go and worship it. But if it's in the, beside the masjid, close to Sahaba and the people, nobody come and worship the grave of Muhammad. The mistake of this Amawi Khalifa who made, who enlarged the masjid after 77 years of the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was a big mistake and the people who were alive at that time of Sahaba or Tabi'een, they tried to stop him but they couldn't because he was the Khalifa and the ruler of that, that area and that, or the whole country of Muslims at that time. So he still insisted on his idea and he made a big mistake. But this is not a good evidence for people who want to bury their dead people into masjids or to construct buildings onto the graves. This is bid'ah. Back to our case here, those people who wanted to do this, thinking that they are respecting the pious persons, they are making a mistake. Because this is not the respect we are required to. What, what kind of respect we are supposed to do for these good people? Bury them with the Muslims, visit the graves, the correct ziyarah that Muhammad sallallahu used to do. How Muhammad sallallahu what did he, what he was doing, what did he do sallallahu alayhi wa when he go to the graveyard? What was the way of his ziyarah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He used to go to the graveyard, say assalamu alaykum dara qawmun mu'mineen, wa inna inshallah bikum laahiqoon, and at the end of the hadith. So he comes to make salam on these people and make dua for them. To call Allah for them. Be careful. To call Allah for them. Not to call them, not to call Allah through them. No. To call Allah for them. They need. They are dead. Their, their good deeds are finished. They cannot add any more unless the good Muslims they make. That's why we say, in the grave, we cannot do any more good deeds, right? We're done. We're finished. But, there may be some good deeds coming to us. By three ways that Muhammad Sallallahu mentioned in the hadith. Sadaqah jariyah, a continuous sadaqah. Ilm, yuntafa'u bihi, good knowledge you have made. Books, audios, so on. Even if you are dead and people are hearing this, you are getting ajr. Or, a good son who makes dua for his father. That's also extra good deeds comes to you in the grave. Uh, this is a good, remind me of, of a case, a brother, he asked me, and I, I, maybe I mentioned this again, but I have to just remind you, or remind myself. Somebody said, why are we having two kinds of judgment? Judgment in the grave, punishment or torture, or is, then another judgment in the judgment day, punishment or is. Because in the graveyard, we're not done yet with the good deeds or bad deeds. Those people who make bad deeds in their life, and they die, still they are receiving bad deeds while they are dead. Well then, and subhanAllah, see, some of these, say, take an example, these people who make songs. They make songs, albums, huh? They die, and their bad deeds are still going on and on. Every person of those millions of people are hearing his songs, he is receiving bad deeds for it. Unless he makes tawbah, repentance, before he dies. Otherwise, 
he is still receiving more and more bad deeds in his grace. So he is not done yet until the judgment day. When Qiyamah, Faqah, Qari'ah comes, then khalas. No more the good deeds or bad deeds. But as long as he's in the graveyard, in his grace, he's still receiving good or bad deeds. He's not doing it by himself, yes, but he is receiving what he has left in his back. He used to give money, charity for good people, to make da'wah, to make this, to make books and so on. He is receiving good deeds while he's dead. He used to give money to make fun, huh? to make music, to make that or this, bad things. He used to give money to make constructing on buildings. He is dead in his grave and he is receiving bad deeds. But in judgment, there is no more good deeds or bad deeds in the case of judgment and Jannah or not. This hadith is very important hadith, I tell you the truth. Although I wish that every hadith mentioning La ilaha illallah and every ayah mentioning La ilaha also should be gathered in one book so Muslims can see it easily and peacefully and understand it clearly. Not every Muslim can have the capability of digging for every hadith and for every ayah and go and check this hadith is correct or not correct, weak or not weak. If they are gathered in one place then people can see it and understand it. So just to say, La ilaha illallah is not enough. This is hadith we have now is one evidence. We have to remember that to say, La ilaha illallah, and to disbelieve, deny the belief of any other worship, ones except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he put one condition here. He put another condition in another hadith, to be sincere, to make another condition. Ah, so conditions are gathered by ulama, from all of these hadith and put in one place to say that La ilaha illallah will not be beneficial for the person who says it unless he is having these three conditions in summary or the eight conditions we have mentioned before which is very simple and easy inshallah for our brothers to think of that really concludes the case of uh, chapter number six I think this is enough for tonight inshallah and I hope I have tried or I hope I have Explained as much as they can of the case of Tawheed and La ilaha illallah, which is every Muslim is saying it for uh, getting the pleasure and satisfaction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this dunya and the judgment day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our good deeds. If you have any questions in the topic in the beginning, I'll be happy to hear it. Jannah al Baqiyah. It depends on what do we name him? Bye. What do you mean by Jannah al Baqiyah? Because we know Baqiyah is not a Jannah. Hmm? Ah. No. Cannot be. The word of what of a hypocrite in the time of Muhammad was buried in Baqiyah. Allah, Allah is saying that these people are going to be not only to Jahannam but in the bottom level of Jahannam. And they say, no, no, Jannah al Baqiyah, they are in Jannah. Who is right? Allah Allah or these people? So they are contradicting the Quran. That's the incorrect blessing. Asking Barakah or blessings should be only from the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah told us that we are, we are supposed to do. Blessings from Quran. Blessing is coming from Allah. Not from anybody else. From Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, yes, but in his life and for him only, not for anybody else. So now, thinking of the case of Barakah and trying to take it from the sand of the graves of Baqi' al-Gharqad or Jannah al-Gharqad as they call it, or is incorrect way because not done by Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, not done by Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, none of them have done this. So this is the ibadah, yes. This ibadah is the way of Rasulullah, no. Then reject. The same thing we have to remember, always, and not only this case, but this case which is mentioned by Sheikh Mpiyaz Zarafet, is happening by some Muslims. Always when you want to do any kind of action or statement, ask yourself some questions. First of all, is this ibadah, worshipping? If it's not, no, if it's not ibadah, if it's not haram, go ahead do it. 
I want to go to the market tonight to buy something. Is this ibadah? No. Am I going to buy or see some bad things? Then I have to be careful. That's but if I say, I want to recite some ayahs tonight. Is this ibadah? Yes. The second question comes here. Is this the way of Rasulullah? Am I doing it the way of Rasulullah or not? Ah, so two conditions. Only for Allah, only the way of Rasulullah. Should be sincere. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only, should be the way of Rasulullah. Now, these people who are taking this stand from the genital gharqa, as they call them, genital baqiya, sorry, as they call it, when they take this stand to put it in their grave, are they sincere? Yes, I hope they are. They are sincere on asking barakah from this stand of genital baqiya. But is it the way of Rasulullah? No. There's no single hadith to say that if you take part of the sand of the Jannatul Baqi' as they call it and put it in your grave, you'll be saved. No hadith. Not only this, but it's even not done by, done by the Sahaba after Muhammad Wasallam. Not Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali and the other Sahaba. Nobody. No one. You cannot find even a, a weak story that some of the Sahaba took some of the sand of Jannatul Baqi' and put it in their graves. No way. <coughs> In this case, this is innovation, bid'ah, innovation. And that's not accepted in Islam, because it's not the way of Rasulullah. Just some people that think he's dying a bit of an aura, they are speaking to Jannah al-Fatihah. They are going direct to Jannah. No, no this is, I did not hear of this. But what I heard that whoever in Medina, who is overburdened in Medina, will be safe from Masih al-Dajjal. Because Medina is sending away the bad things or people out of it. And Masih al-Dajjal cannot get into Medina. But to Jannah directly, this, we have to have an evidence. Is there any, do they have any evidence? Quran and Sunnah? Our problem is that we are looking for things that are easy and simple to go to Jannah. We don't want to do any hard work. Yani if I do this, uh, as you, maybe you, you receive some of these SMS in your mobile, if you do this one time, you'll go to Jannah five times. I don't need to go five times, I want to go one time. No. We don't need all of these cases. We need to see how Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam us to Jannah. Maybe five times, then he goes to Jannah and go to Hellfire and come back to Jannah. That's no good actually. However, we don't need all of these. What we need is what Allah told us, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi told us in his hadith. We will follow it, we will be inshallah to Jannah. It's not easy, it's not simple. Be careful. I don't think Jannah is simple. Allah told us in his holy book that Jannah is not easy to get. messengers and the good people who are with them, they are tired. And they are really feeling that it is too much for them, they, can, they cannot afford it, they cannot really... They want to go to Jannah, but it's not so easy. So we have to suffer also for Jannah. It's not so simple. Just say, La Allah and go speak. No need for Salat al-Fajr, no need for anything, no need for, for the car, Hajj, no need. Just say, La Allah and go speak. Do we know Islam better than Abu Bakr and Umar al-Aman Ali? And Sahaba? No way. And they were so hard on themselves in order to get closer to the level of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa in Jannah. Whoever loves Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and wants to be with him in Jannah, he should do the way that he has done. And there is a very clear hadith of that when he, one of the Sahaba, was serving Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa asked him, ask him something. This Sahabi did not ask for dunya, for money, for uh, position, huh? As a, as a minister or something. He asked Muhammad to call Allah for him to be with Muhammad in Jannah. Allahu Akbar. See the guts. See the, 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 what they ask. Muhammad said, anything else? Something else. He doesn't want to call. It's not so easy. He said, this is the only one I want. So he told him, he doesn't say, I'll call for you. No. Say, help me on yourself with a lot of sujood. sujood. Ah. So it's not the case that, okay, you'll get it just because you ask for it. No. 
you have to do a lot of sujood. He's telling this Sahabi in order to be with me in Jannah. Who are going to be with Muhammad Sallallahu in Jannah? The people who lost Muhammad Sallallahu through love, which is affecting their ways of life. But fourth love we are doing now, most Muslims they do, oh ya Habibi ya Rasulullah, and when it comes to practice what he told us to do, too busy to do that. I love you ya Rasulullah, they do the way of Rasulullah, no, 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 I'm too busy. Well, I'm tired, I cannot pray in Fajr al-Jama'ah, I'll make it after when I go to work or before I go to work. What kind of love is this? This is a false love. Love of Muhammad if we want to be truly, that we love him and we love his sunnah. We love his way. We try our best to do it. We are not going to be like Muhammad or like Abu Bakr or Umar al That's not easy for us. Not possible for us. But we try. As Allah told us in his holy book, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا أُسْوَةٌ يعني a model. A model you should try to do as much as you can to follow him. What was his life? He used to pray most of the night. He used to يعني, uh, do his best to satisfy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He ca- take care, takes care, strong care, you to take care of the case of salah time. As our mother Aisha, as an example, this is just an example. Uh, if you read the life story of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa there are books for that, not only one few words to say. But our mother Aisha told us about one case. She said, Muhammad sallallahu used to be with us. And with, with Aisha or with other sahaba or mother, other mother sahaba. She said that he used to make fun with us, joke with us, discuss with us, talk with us, until he hears Adhan. Until he hears Adhan for Salah. Then he changed. Like he, we don't know him and he doesn't know us. He forgets people because he heard the call for Adhan for Allah Subhanahu Salah. Now khalas. Cut the relationship with people, go to the standing in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Do, do, do we do that? We don't do that even in the Salah. We are praying and we are having these mobiles with this music and singing. What can, yani at least, yani, wallahi, a strange thing, yani, one act we can do to cut the communication with people during Salah. Yeah. Still he is waiting for an important call and his mobile is on. Not only on with, with, with the regular tunes. No, it's on with this music. And he's praying and he's hearing the music. I'm afraid one day they will make also dancing during the Salah. That's what's done, what's done actually in the Christianity. In the church of Christians, they have music. Slow dance. Break dance. Rock and roll. Yalla, no problem. It's becoming a place for worshipping. It's become a place for dancing. Because nobody comes to this church. They want to call people. Now can you see now this message? How big is this message? And how many people around this masjid? If all of these people prayed with jama'ah, or majority of them, you cannot find a place in you, for you at this masjid. Come to Al-Fajr Salah. Yani maybe Al-Isha Al-Maghrib you find people go for few or some lines behind Imam. Al-Fajr, La ilaha illallah, one or two lines. The others died, passed away. What are they? Yeah, they passed away in their bed. So the case is to put in mind that to follow Muhammad Sallallahu is not only to talk but to act upon what he told us Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yeah, the, the part of the Jannah and the Jannah, you mean? Ma bayna minbari wa qabri Rawadha Mariyadu Jannah, Laid Hadith. This way, it's like Because how did he know that his grave will be there? He said, yeah, the meaning of the hadith is that whatever between my member and my grave, how did he know that he will be buried in here? Did he know that his grave will be inside the masjid or the, the room of the idol? So you know that hadith is like. But there is other, some hadith talking about the case of Rawza, Jannah, which is not this hadith. Some ulama they think that it's okay, it's correct, and we should really follow in this point. I can't really give a good idea of this. I cannot really admit it or deny it. Because I'm afraid, really, some, some cases that Muslims really exaggerate on. When you go to Medina, you'll see people are exaggerating in 
the way of they make salam to Muhammad sallallahu the way they are standing in front of Muhammad sallallahu grave, or he, they, are, they go behind the grave and they start to think and wait for maybe wahi. And that's done by some people you know. A guy who came to the Masjid Muhammad sallallahu and he took a nap behind the grave of Muhammad sallallahu and he woke up and said, ah, Muhammad sallallahu came to me and he told me to do such and such. Yes, Muslims should be very careful. It's not the case that we are telling people don't respect Muhammad sallallahu alaihi Astaghfirullah. No. But we are saying that be careful not to exaggerate. Because we have a clear hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi in Bukhari. He's telling us, La tuturuni. Don't you overpraise me. As the Christians did with Isa ibn Maryam. Some Muslims unfortunately did this. And you know this, this is mentioned in the Nata Sharif called Al-Burda. Which is mentioned and they recited, they recited on the Milad. Of Rasulullah Hassan, they call it the party. And if you read this poem, you will be so amazed that he is calling Muhammad instead of Allah and giving Muhammad things only for Allah. And that's really a major shirk, major polytheism which excluded from Islam. So, what we should do when we go to the grave, oh, we're, not the grave. Ah, be careful. we're not going to the grave of Muhammad, we're going to the masjid of Muhammad. We are not allowed to go, because I know in Urdu, when you say ziyara, it means to go to the grave. Wrong. Traveling should be only for the masjid of Muhammad sallallahu because it has extra ajr than other masjids, except masjid al-haram. We have masjid al-haram, masjid Muhammad sallallahu masjid al-aqsa. These three masjids, each one of them, have extra ajr on salat on them than the other masjids. So when we are traveling to Medina, we are supposed to travel with the intention, with the niyyah, that we are visiting the masjid of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not the grave. And we are, when we are in the masjid, then we can go and make salam in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But actually, we are doing salam in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at least five times a day in every salah part. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ala Muhammad kama sallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ala Ibrahim wa ala ala So we are doing this. التحياتي لله والصلوات we are doing this every day fast times at least but if you do also the, the uh, ratiba then you have another more and more if you make nafila salat al-duha or any nafila tahiyyat al-masjid tahajjud in the night you are doing more and more for muhasar so we are making this every day no need to go and beside the grave and say assalamu alaikum ya rasulullah but if you do this no wrong you go and say assalamu alaikum ya rasulullah assalamu alaikum ya wakil but no extra or exaggerating when, when, we are, when we are in the grave. Some people, they leave the, the, the Qibla behind them and they are facing the grave and say, and make dua. If they are calling Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is part of this. If they are calling Allah, they are making a big mistake and bid'ah because this is not the way to do it. We, when we make dua and raise our hands, you go to Qibla, not to the grave. So I really do not urge our Muslim brothers to dig for cases of like Rawda, Baqi' al-Gharqa, these things. You'll be amazed if I tell you I never gone to Baqi' al-Gharqa. Never. Or some people say, oh, this is a big problem. A Saudi never gone to Baqi' al-Gharqa, never gone to, to, to uh, Gharhira. Oh, astaghfirullah, ishada. This guy does not like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Astaghfirullah. To love Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to go to Gharhira? Is this the love of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And go and write some, I have seen some YouTube uh, uh, clips, I see some writings on the, in, the, in, the, in the cave of uh, Hira and they say, Ya Ishha. Did Abu Bakr go to the, the cave of Hira? Did Umar radiallahu anhu, Uthman, Ali, other Sahaba? Is this the love of Muhammad sallallahu Love of Muhammad sallallahu is to follow his deen. To follow his deen as much as you can. Every time you hear one hadith, try to practice it. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal once, he heard that Muhammad sallallahu he knew hadith, knew hadith, he heard that Muhammad sallallahu he made hijama. You know hijama? To take out the blood from the body, bad blood. And he gave the one who makes hijama one dinar. So Ahmad bin Hanbal did the same thing and he gave one dinar. Although that time maybe hijama for uh, one fifth of dinar. But he gave him complete dinar. He said, yes, why do this? He said, following Muhammad To love Muhammad is to do your best to follow him. That's the case. That's the case. Those people who really, يعني, and you cannot follow him unless you know. 
And you cannot know the life of Muhammad and his way and his hadith unless you study it. So studying Quran, studying Sunnah is a good evidence that this person is really loving Allah and loving Muhammad But those people who don't care about Quran, they don't, don't recite Quran, they don't study it, they don't, don't read hadith. Al-Bukhari, how many hadith? Thousands. How many hadith we know? How many hadith we memorize? They are sincere. They are sincere, of course. But they are not in the way of Rasulullah. Muhammad did not do this. How did Muhammad when his son or his uncle Hamza died? One of the best people he liked. When his wife, Khadija died. Did he gather Sahaba back and make dua? Did he? Did he? Why? He would try to be better than Muhammad Sallallahu And if you don't do in India, then you will be in trouble because yeah, you, are, you are confused. You are greedy. No, I don't care. Let them call me whatever they call me. I am supposed to follow Muhammad Sallallahu What was the way of Muhammad Sallallahu when, when his beloved person died? No one supposed to have even any garden at house and make some food. No. Condolence should be done in the masjid, in the street, in the graveyard, no problem. But not to make this garden. Because we do it, we do Saudi now. Saudi start to do this all now. They make, huh? They, 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 they marshal slaughter sheep and gather people for food. Uh, thinking that uh, no, yeah, the correct way is to make condolence for in the masjid or anywhere else when you meet somebody but not this ah you know people some bring the, the, the reciters of Quran and they make yeah now, now it's better than, than marriage <laughs> they, they pay more than marriage now and in the marriage they make uh, in one of these uh, you know this one of these halls called Ghanati in, in, in the northern ring of Riyadh. That's one night is fifty thousand riyals. Yeah, so that's uh, it's a case of show off. They want to show people that oh, I am I am high, I am hot shot. And, and and they're making the whole newspaper a complete page. Huh? Such and such guy he died, and we are making this issue. This is not the way for Rasulullah. Yes, you can mention to people like a SMS message that. This person died. Why? Because you want to give them يعني, the place where to pray for him, the place where to bury him. Because people need this. This is the deen of Muhammad is to go to make salat janaza and to go to bury the person, be with him in that. Then this is okay. But to make this, as we say, show off in the newspapers, uh, 40 days. One year, so many they make. It's easy to make. To make is easy. To learn, to, yeah, to learn the deen is not so easy for them. To innovate new things is no problem for them. Not three days. Condolence is not only for three days. Whenever you can, Sheikh Muhammad used to say that should be as far as you know that this person is still not changed. Yani he's not, his meat is not begun. That's usually for a month. A month for a person will, يعني, his meat still. When he's after one month, probably he's خلاص, finished. And his, his body is, is gone, almost يعني, the, the meat at least. So even though, 30 days from where we got it? Well, even if Shaykh Muhammad said it, still we want to know. Case of that, when you meet a person, say, give him ta'ziyah uh, or condolence and ask him. Make it easy and simple. Yes, brother. Give what? Somebody make a dhamma, take bad blood from the body. Oh, yes, sir. Uh. And you want to pay one dollar. Uh-huh. If you give more or less, it will be dhamma. No, 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 not at all. No. This is not ibadah. Okay, making hijama is ibadah itself, but giving is not ibadah. Because the legal customer gave only one dollar. Yeah. So if you give more or less. Giving, giving, giving the dhamma is not ibadah. Ibadah is doing the hijama. The worshipping now is to make a hijama. This is the worshipping. To give the, the, the money, it depends on the time. 
maybe now it is, should be more expensive than before, or maybe cheaper than before. So this doesn't. But Imam Ahmed, when he did this, he did it just because he loves to follow Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Like Ibn Umar, when he used to love to follow the, the way of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and even walking and go to the places where he peeked in and he peeked in. This is, could be extra. But we have to be careful. This is not part of ibadah. We will not do it. And if Rasulullah used to go this way to, 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 to the graveyard, this is not ibadah. And he did not tell us, go only this way. If he tells us to go this way only, then this is ibadah. If he did not, he just did this because he, this is a natural thing he's doing, we can't go anywhere. But we are doing, we're going to, to the graveyard, we're doing what he has done because this is ibadah. So we are following him in things that he has done as a ibadah, not as a regular or natural or habitual life. Okay? So somebody says, I will not eat such and such food because Muhammad did not eat it. Is this ibadah? Eating the ibadah? No. It's the habitual. The way of eating is the ibadah. But the eating itself is habitual. Okay? So if someone says, okay, I will, not, I will eat only the things that Muhammad used to eat, he will die in his life because he cannot find what Muhammad needs to eat. And he, there's a lot of things now he will not eat. He will not eat mango. Because Muhammad is He will not eat rice. Because Muhammad did not eat rice. So this is a problem. This, this is called habitual. That's why Allah gave us a law, a wide law in this, Sharia, that whatever tayyib, good, is halal for us. Whatever bad, khabith, is haram for us. يُحِلُّ لَهُمُ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَيُحَرِّمُ عَلِيهُمُ الْخَبَائِ uh, that's a very important point to give and to answer anyone who wants to play around with the ayah on Quran. Somebody says, okay, find me an ayah telling me that champagne is haram. It's not mentioned in the Quran. You tell him about khamr. Okay, okay, fine. What about cigarettes? Find me an ayah telling me that cigarettes are haram. There's no single ayah. He's right. But we'll answer him a very simple way, that find me one single ayah to say that rice is halal. Or if you are eating rice, you'll be in trouble, because you are not following Quran. Is this possible? No. Quran, is, Quran and Sunnah are giving us a wide road. If you walk in the, side, the right side of the road or the left side of the road, you are, in the, you are in the road. But when you are out of the road, this is a problem. Now, every tayyib, every good for our body, for our money, is halal. Like why we say cigarettes are haram? Because it's not tayyib, it's khabith. Khabith, because they're affecting our chest. Khabith because we are spending money for nothing. But in fact for something which is hurting us. So it's khabith, so it's haram. Like what about mango or rice? It's not mentioned in the Quran. It is tayyib, so it's halal. Why? Because it is good for our bodies, for our health, and we are spending money for food that we need. It's very simple and very easy. A Muslim really always try to see what is really a worshipping than these two conditions. Only for Allah, only the way of Rasulullah. Whatever you are going to do or say, ask yourself this question. Is this a worshipping ibadah? If yes, then you have to have these two conditions. Only for Allah, only the way of Rasulullah. If it's not ibadah, as long as it's not haram, do it. Yani, I want to eat this and have thing. I don't have to go and see, oh, is this in Quran or Sunnah or not. It is eating. Eating is a habitual thing. I say bismillah and eat. Unless it is haram like khanzir, pork, unless it's haram like things which is not allowed, I need to eat bad things which are going to hurt me or alcohol to drink and so on, I will not do it. But any juice, there's no mango juice or orange juice in the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But in the name of other than Allah is also haram. What's that? Like food and even other than the name of Allah. No, if they make sadaqah, it's okay, but not to make party. To make sadaqah, yani, they go and give the poor some money for the sake of this person. Some ulama say, okay, it's fine. Making dua is bitter. Making dua for him is bitter because this is a clear evidence in the Quran. To, like, How do they do this? They do one thing. 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 They do one th
Make so on that day? No. So putting a time, sitting a time for a decreed worship is not allowed. It's a bid'ah, no fault. Same thing for the case of sadaqah. Now we are sitting a day which is the completing the whole year after the death of this person we're making sadaqah. Now we are sitting a time that's not set by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is no fault. We should make sadaqah any time. Whenever I'm in the street, I saw the person, if I want to make sadaqah, this is not allowed in some of the colors. I can give the sadaqah for the sake of that person and my intention, Allah knows that. Although, as I said, you know, it's better to make dua. Shaykh bin Atabir, rahmatullahi used to say that even Umrah, still do Umrah for a dead person, just make dua for him. Make Umrah for yourself and make dua for him. That's better. Because what he needs actually is dua. Well, you'll find a lot of this. And if you, if you count, if you count the, the, the uh, no. Food is very good and uh, yeah. So it's ibadah. So it's ibadah. As long as ibadah it has have these two conditions. If not, if this ibadah is not having these two conditions, it is a, a novelty. Whether they recite fatiha or make food for sadaqah or whatever, this has to be the way of Rasulullah. Do they have evidence? Yes, sir. Yes, yes. You can do Salat al-Janazah in the same graveyard as an example. Or you can make Salat al-Janazah for the absence, Salat al-Ghaib. Okay, that's some ulama they say it's all right, you can do it. Especially if it's يعني, like a close brother or close يعني, relative of yours died you are, while you are far away, you cannot go there, you can make Salat al-Ghaib. Fine, that's okay. Some ulama they say it's all right. Reservation of place for grave before death and plantation around the grave. Is it good thing? You have two things now. Reserving a grave. Buying it as an example. Okay. That's fine because if, if this is, if it's a problem, there's a problem with the land, like an area which is really crowded and maybe you cannot find a grave for yourself or for your close relative, father or mother, you go and buy this area. It's all right, inshallah. But planting, oh wait, there's a problem. From where we get this point? Reserving, we're doing this because we have to, because if we, I don't reserve, maybe my, my yani, close relative dies while I cannot find a grave for him, as an example. Or I have to go to another city or another area. So I, I buy this yani, for me or for my close brother or friends or whoever, relative I keep it, because I want to bury it. 
this could be okay if this is a problem in an area like I think in India there's so crowded areas you cannot find grave easily. Why do you reserve it for yourself? Reserve it for, for you only for, or for who are the closest of your family. Why right? yeah. still can be used by your family. One day, one of them will die for sure, one day. No, you cannot stay whole life. On the day of I don't think it is okay allowed in Islam to, to have food, especially if this food is bought by the money of the uh, inheritance of the dead person, especially if these, some of these inheritances are still young or small, under 18, not yet, يعني, they are under age or less, okay? And they are using the hadith of Ja'far ibn Abi Talib and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi told Sahaba to make food for the people of Ja'far, the family of Ja'far, because they are too busy to think of food. So they took this hadith and they make it big understanding out of it. That we should have parties and money and moment and all of this. For what? Actually, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was telling his Sahaba to make food for the family of Ja'far ibn Abi Talib after his death because they are too busy to think of food. Their father has died and they are so sorry in that, they are so sad in that, or they just, he told them to make food for them. But not to make ourselves, we make food and make other people around us to make يعني, parties and so on. Eating from that food, I'm afraid, is not allowed. Even drinking coffee or tea, when we have this bid'ah, I'm afraid it's not allowed. So we have to be careful. Let people get angry, I don't care. I have done this once, by the way, just because I wanted to give, يعني, uh, not only by talking, but by action. I was one of the towns of Saudi Arabia here in about 200 kilometers from Riyadh. And I was, I, I was told that one guy died, one of the يعني, uh, old men old in, in that such and such town died. So I want to go and give condolence, so I went to the masjid in time of the salah. I prayed with them and gave condolence. So they insisted on me to go with them to their house to drink. I said, your coffee, your tea is not allowed for me. They got so angry. Hey, Shahad, why are you insulting us? I said, I'm not insulting you, but this is the sunnah of Muhammad Your coffee and your tea is not supposed to be there now. So some of them said, okay, what if I have received someone coming from out of town? What can I put in? Let him go to someone else. Stay with someone else. Or if there is no hotels, he should go and stay in a hotel and come and make a no stay and go. No food and, and make a hotel of your house to, to, ask, to be able to make this party for the dead person. No, this is not allowed in Islam. If some of his friends from the next house, they may be Yes, but not every day, not to make it a party. I mean, that's to make it. Yeah. yeah, and just because this family are very tired and terrible for the dead, they make some food for the family, not for everybody. Yeah.